Welcome to the Mind Mapping Show with Mind Mapping Specialist Michael Tipper, bringing you the right information right now to help you understand, use, and apply this amazing technique. Join us each week to discover gems to help you quickly and easily boost your creativity, stimulate your memory, and supercharge your thinking. It has never been easier to tap into even more of your brain's potential using this simple tool. Now, here is your host, the mind mapping maestro himself, Michael Tipper. Hi, and welcome to this latest edition of the Mind Mapping Show. And in this episode, I shall be showing you how mind maps, the ones drawn by hand, can help you get more focused, help you become more productive, speed up your thinking, and if you're in business, even make you more money. Now, in this interview, I'm speaking with productivity and focus coach Phil Ollie who explains how easy it is to use mind mapping to get more things done faster. And he shares some practical business mind mapping applications. Now, a couple of things you'll get from this. First of all, the simplest and quickest way to get started using mind mapping right now, if indeed this is the first time you've encountered the technique. It shows why you don't have to be artistic to use mind mapping, and in fact, we discuss it helps if you're not. It also shows how you can write your book if you're an author or an aspiring author, and how you can do it much quicker and far easier using mind mapping. Now, a couple of things that Phil shares with us in his two-stage mind mapping process that helps him stimulate even more creative and profitable ideas. And if you're in business, that's certainly a good thing to be able to do. He also shares how to tap into more of your entrepreneurial brain using mind mapping to help you develop your business. So enjoy this interview, and at the end, I'll give you some pointers and some tips about how to get the most out of what Phil shares with us. Hi and welcome to another interview with me, Michael, from Michael on My Mapping. Now today's guest is someone I met at a seminar I was recently speaking at. We got chatting and discovered a common military connection. We were both in the Royal Navy at around the same time. And more importantly, our mutual love of mind mapping. Now today's guest will be of interest to you if you find yourself struggling to focus because his passion is helping people focus on purpose. A speaker, business advisor, thought leader, broadcaster and author of Counting Chickens the nexus principle to personal and professional development, and results. Think decisively, take action, and get results. So it is with great pleasure to welcome Phil Ollie. Phil, good uh, morning and welcome. Thank you, Michael. It's great to be with you. Well, it was great to meet you at the weekend. Uh, we certainly had, uh, had a lot to talk about. So uh, what I'd like you to do is just can you tell us a little bit about uh, the work that you do? Yes, well, uh, I've been now working in this field of endeavor for uh, about 13 years. In 1999, I had a major near-life, near-death experience where I collapsed, had an anaphylactic shock and went down that uh, white tunnel that everyone talks about. And it was a real life changer for me that made me sit up and take notes of what I was doing in my life. A couple of years prior to that, I'd started working and consulting with business people on helping them achieve results and achieve their goals. And I realized that this was a direction I wanted to take my life in more and more. I then sold the existing business that I had at that time and uh, basically moved my life in this direction since when I've been working with people all over the world, whether it be in large corporations or small businesses, one-man businesses even, in helping them achieve more focus, helping them get results, improve their profitability and make breakthroughs. And uh, as you say, I wrote uh, Counting Chickens in about 2003, so quite a long while ago. At that point, vowed I would never write another book again. And uh, after that, then I was asked to write uh, Result, the latest book, which is now just uh, out, published by Pearson's. 
and um, that has just literally been published in uh, November 2012. So uh, I'm delighted with that, and I speak uh, occasionally at conferences, um, but mainly my work is with small businesses on a, on a team basis or one-to-one -one with uh, executives in large companies, helping them uh, develop themselves and develop the company strategically. Now, you say that your mission is to be the most significant factor in uh, other people's success other than themselves. How do you do that? Well, I think always the success will be down to the individual. And what I want to be able to do is be the catalyst that unleashes their true potential and allows them to really do what they love in life, what they're specifically talented at, because everyone has a talent, and to play to their strengths to make sure that they reach that true potential. But I do believe it rests with the individual. Everyone is gifted in some way and has the potential to achieve greatness on the planet and I very much believe that my role is in helping them to unleash all of those skills and all of those attributes um, that they have within them to become great and what's the, your primary way of finding out what, what what that greatness is if someone doesn't know what that is? Well, I have a tool that I call uh, unique talent, um, which is um, if you think about uh, the way people operate, most people use their skills quite a lot. Um, but it's not just about skills that allow you to reach the top in any organization or in business. Um, everyone is born with certain abilities. So everyone is born with the ability, say, to run, but we're not all going to be the gold medalist in 100 meters running. Um, everyone is born with uh, attributes in business. Everyone is born with certain leadership skills. Everyone can sell more than they believe. Everyone can lead. Everyone can run a business. We develop the skills that go with those abilities. But we also have to have underlying all of that a particular passion. So if you imagine a good old Venn diagram, three sort of circles, one would be about abilities, one would be about skills, and one would be about passion underneath that. And where those overlap, I call that your unique talent zone. So we need to find those things that you are, have an ability in, that you've developed skills in and can develop more, and that you have a particular passion for. And when you're working in that unique talent zone, that's where you'll achieve your greatest. Like all performers, all singers, all uh, rock stars, all um, sports people, they're always operating in the unique talent zone. So, sorry, go on. I was going to say, so that's the, the intersection of those three, um, those three circles. I just sketched it out on Absolutely. And yeah. that, is, that is, in a way, a fundamental mind map, albeit it doesn't necessarily follow the... Uh, conventions of mind mapping. It is a pictorial representation of that concept. It does remind me of my action-centered leadership cards I used to carry around with me when I was in the Navy. I'm sure you remember Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Task, team, and individual. <laughs> oh, that took me back a little while. That took me back a little while. <laughs> now, um, one of the things that uh, you um, you talk about being um, focusing on purpose, and that's on your website with the, the videos that you provide and your focus gym. Uh, clearly, that that is something that you are um, very keen and passionate about. Can you just explain the importance of that? Yes, I think that when we we tend to be uh, driven towards achieving goals when they are led by our values by our motive to action, our reason. Reason is all about motive. And that is based uh, around our purpose, what we believe to be our purpose on the, on the planet, what we believe our journey to be. So we, we can become much more focused when we believe it's part of a wider picture. The focus gym itself is about helping people to every day turn the day extraordinary so that it's not just another day in the quagmire of life and quagmire of business. It's about sitting down every day and saying, what am I going to achieve today? And it revolves around uh, 
developing an action plan for today. I don't believe in the word to-do list. I, I'd rather call it action plan. I think that's far more proactive. And as soon as you do that at the beginning of a day, you create clarity. You create that focus by simply asking yourself some very simple questions like, what are the three things I want to achieve today? What is the most important of these? And prioritizing that so that you can create time slots during the day when you can devote the time, energy, and focus to achieving them. And at the end of the day, you're then able to reflect and say, well, that was a great day because I achieved this. And do you do that at the start of the day or do you do that the night before reflecting on what you're going to do the following it's day? It's split between the two. Uh, the evening before, I, I developed a system where the evening before you create a mind map of all the things you want to achieve the next day. And you don't necessarily prioritize it at that stage. When you get up in the morning, having done a number of what I call visualization techniques, they are like visualizations with a slight difference. Um, after getting that clear in your mind what your overall long-term goals are, you then prioritize your mind map into an action plan for the day. So it's split between the two. In the evening, you create the overall list, if you like, which is a big hodgepodge of everything that you could do the next day without any priority. And in the morning, first thing in the morning, having reviewed your goals in a very specific way, you then create a prioritized action plan for the day ahead. Oh, wow, so that's tapping into the subconscious giant that we have that uh, uh, sleeps or doesn't sleep while we're sleeping. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, fabulous. Now, of course, you, you've mentioned mind maps a couple of times, uh, so let's explore that a little bit. H how did you first come across mind mapping? Well, I, you know, I can hardly remember now. I certainly came across um, Tony Bazan's work um, years ago um, via audio cassette, I think, and uh, listened to it in the car uh, a lot. Uh, while I was traveling around in, in my previous in, incarnation as a financial advisor, I had a financial planning practice way back. And um, that really intrigued me because I'd never seen anything like this before. I was aware that someone who sat next to me in tutorials at university used to mind map. And I'm talking now in the early 80s. So they were way ahead of their time. And I just didn't understand it. And, but, but that was because I'd simply looked over their shoulder and observed. and thought this was a little bit wacky. When I heard and read more and more about this material later on in life, I started to become intrigued by how I could apply it in business because I recognized that there was, certainly was so much to it that I didn't previously understand. And, and I, I'm a great advocate of it. I really love it. How long did it take... Sorry, how long did it take you to um, sort of buy into it? Because as you said, when you sort of saw your uh, fellow students at university uh, doing it, it, it does look odd when, someone, when you see it for the first time. You sort of think, now what on earth are they doing? And to go from, um, uh, from that to, to fully embracing it, what was that journey like? Well, it, I, it left my mind entirely because I discounted it when I saw it first um, as being something that this wacky guy was doing. I didn't really consider it. And it was only later on that I discovered that I had been partly doing it myself um, for years because when I used to plan essays at school even, I used to plan them out like a sort of spider diagram, like a very, very basic mind map. And I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. And I then, when I came across the, the, the if you like, official conventional mind mapping material, I then realized that this, this could add to something that I'd already been doing. And it was then that I became convinced that it was, I wanted to do it more and more. So I probably do about six mind maps a day now. Oh, so you're an addict like me. Well, I think it's something that once you see the value of it, you can't help but do it. So, for example, I might be making an important telephone call and I'll mind map it. It might only have three or four key 
elements on it, but it will be worth mind mapping for two minutes before I make that call. Or if I'm working one to one in a coaching session with people, that will be mind mapped in advance. And uh, standing up to deliver a, a speech, mind map straight away. Uh, a journalist phones and they want in 10 minutes time a five minute interview on I don't know, focus or goal setting, quick mind map. Uh, I even had one yesterday that I worked on, which was uh, about weight loss, how I'd lost two stone in 10 weeks. What did I do? And I just mind mapped that before, before writing the article. So it's, I can use it in any form uh, for anything. So given the fact that you were introduced to it um, quite a while ago now, before the software really started taking off, um, I suspect that you are a, a hand-drawn mind mapper. Yes, very much. Um, partly because that's out of habit, of course, but also because I read somewhere that the subconscious recognized one's own handwriting more than anything else. And so I became just addicted to hand-drawn and handwritten mind maps. Now, one of the barriers and objections, I suppose, I get a lot about using mind mapping is that because we say you draw a mind map, and because of the, the I think that the world's fear of drawing, um, they think, oh, because I can't draw, therefore I can't use mind mapping. Um, would you say you are artistic yourself? Mm, not at all. Um, I have some creative skills, like we all do, but I, I think that my my drawing is very poor. Um, I think that the key here is, as much as anything, the colour of the drawing that you do. So I, I think in colours like many people do. And it's, it's a very simple image. So, for example, yesterday I uh, had occasion to draw a red Indian on a mind map. Don't ask. Um, and uh, I just basically drew a stick man with a lot of feathers on his head. Now, anyone can do that. And I drew it in red, of course. So that, to me, is a red Indian, and it just mm. reminds me when I'm giving that part of a presentation that that's and it's, that stands out from the page. And similarly, you know, anyone can draw things like I don't know a bicycle or a house or a dog. You know, very basic. Sure, doesn't have to be artistic. It's a, it's a really important thing to get across that um, when we say draw mind mapping, we, we, you're creating this structure, and it's very simply lines and colours. And what I've realised is that it, you don't have to be good at drawing. So when you take um, tangible objects like a knife or a, a bicycle or a house, they're easy to draw. But if you sort of think of something like, okay, what about respect or vulnerability? How do you draw those? And I've discovered that it isn't that you come up with a drawing that is a masterpiece that uh, expresses ex respect, but the fact that you've thought about how do I do this, or even if you don't happen to come up with a drawing, it is the thought processes about it yes. that helps you get the strength from the mind. Map. So you're really asking yourself, what do I mean by respect? What is respect to me yeah. and to others? And I think that's invaluable. Yeah, a absolutely, absolutely. So have you tried any software at all? None at all. Never have. Um, ruled it out and uh, was stubborn about it right from the start. So maybe I'm wrong in that. <laughs> well, it's uh, what I discovered is there used to be two two schools of thought, two camps, if you like. There was the the, the traditional hand drawn mind mapping people who said this is the only way to do it and then as the early software came on board it was quite clunky and quite difficult and it never really reflected the true benefit of what the hand-drawn version does uh, but now they're sort of comparable and what I've discovered is that they have their different uses and it's neither either or mm. and in the work I've done I've realized actually it is both yes. uh, and I, I know I now use both uh, and it is very powerful. Yeah. So, um, so looking at uh, my map, what, what would you say is the uh, the the use that you get the most benefits 
Rob? In my mapping overall, I think it's uh, a great way of sitting um, with a blank pad of paper. I, I, I mind map a lot at airports and on trains and on airplanes and things like that because it's an opportunity to sit with a blank piece of paper and think about challenges or opportunities. Um, I also found that mind mapping was invaluable, of course, in, in writing my books. And they were both mind map from the start with an overall mind map and then mind mapping each chapter and then even mind mapping elements of a chapter. So it became, you know, probably about 30 mind maps created uh, the, the latest book. And uh, I think that it's really a case of being able to take a subject or a challenge or an opportunity and be unfettered in your thoughts about it. So just basically get it all onto a piece of paper. And my mind maps start off extraordinarily uh, messy and very, uh, they, they really need tidying up afterwards. So I probably go through a two-stage process. The first mind map is all over the place and it's really straggly and there's lines connecting things everywhere. And then I tidy that up into something that resembles congruent thought. But the first mind map is really valuable in just getting everything onto paper. I suppose the biggest mistake many people who are writing, whether it's writing a report or an email or a book, they, they self-edit as they're trying to write. Of course, they never get anywhere. So you're saying this sort of frees up your creativity? Absolutely, totally. And it means that you don't have to use everything that's on the mind map, but at least you've got it there. And some of the, sometimes you'll put something on the mind map that you don't use, but it then triggers another thought that you put next to that idea that you do use, um, which otherwise you wouldn't have discovered or, or, or even uh, unveiled. And so I think it's the, the overall kind of expansion of your thought processes that, that helps you get material that otherwise would stay hidden in the deep recesses of your mind, never to be discovered. Do you ever use the mind mapping with your clients? Yes. Yeah, all the time. Uh, and how do they, how do they uh, or what do they think about it? Well, uh, first of all, they're intrigued. I don't tell them we're going to now do some mind mapping. I lead them through the process of developing something such as I, I do something with them on life planning. So we call it a life map. They don't even know anything about life uh, mind mapping at that point. But I create a life map for them and they think it's really useful. And I say, well, it's really a, a mind map. Have you heard about mind mapping? And so we do it from the point of view of they've experienced the benefit of doing it so that they're then bought into the whole concept and then I show them how that they can do that within their business. So sometimes we create a business vision using a mind map and they think, wow, I've never really captured the vision of the business before. And I then say, you can use this for lots of other things. How about we now use it to sort out your marketing? And so they have a marketing mind map and they can then see the value of mind mapping per se and they can then apply it in, in other areas. And of course, I challenge them time and again to how many mind maps have you used since we last spoke and what did you use them for? And so that helps them because they see the benefit first to buy into the whole concept without knowing that it's mind mapping. And how would you express those benefits to them? And normally in terms of bottom line uh, effect. So um, taking a, an example of someone who does a marketing mind map, sometimes we expose things that otherwise wouldn't have been there that then go on to make them money. So clarity is yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. Of clarity and discovery. And how does it affect people's productivity? Because I know your, your, your passion about making people more productive so they get more from their lives and focus is one way to do that. How does it make people more productive? I think mind mapping is the sort of thing that once you get uh, used to it, and that can, that can be very quickly, it speeds up your thought processes, it speeds up your decision making, and it allows you to 
keep lots of information in your head and remember information very easily. So you're able to operate just much more effectively because it frees up time for you and frees up focus. And those people who, uh, if someone's listening to this now and they've never encountered mind mapping before, um, what would your advice be to them? Certainly to, first of all, give it a go. Don't think, oh, that's not for me. Just give it a go. It's a little bit like uh, telling people to write with the other hand at first. It feels uncomfortable, but actually, after a while, you can get pretty good at it. Um, certainly search out some of your material, Michael, some of your uh, um, programs, your audios, and so on, on the, on the subject, and other people's. I think it's worth uh, listening to or, uh, an audio program or reading a book without considering whether or not you will use it, just to be open-minded, first of all. But give it a go. Even take a, a sample subject yourself and give it a go. So you might take a hobby or an interest and write down everything you know about that hobby or interest. So let's say someone's a golf player and uh, they, you say to them, right, write in the middle of the page the word golf and then write down everything you know about golf. And that would be a really incredible exercise to show how my mapping can work. Mm, fantastic. Phil, thank you very much indeed for your time. Could you just tell us where we can find out uh, more about you? Um, you can find out more about me, Michael, on my website, www.philolly.com. And Phil Ollie is spelled P-H-I-L-O-L-L-E-Y. That's my name. Phil, thank you very much indeed for your time. It's been a pleasure hearing about how you use and benefit from that. So thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. Now, what a great interview that was. It was really, really interesting meeting Phil. We both had a naval background, and after the interview was finished, we were just chatting about our mutual naval experiences, and we discovered that we actually served in the same ship for about a month. Now, he was an officer of the watch on a warship that I spent about a month as an understudy second officer of the watch, and we, by sharing our experiences, we realised we were there at the same time. So that was really quite interesting. So let's have a look at the issues around mind mapping that Phil shared with us. The thing I found really fascinating about this interview is that, like myself, Phil is a strong user of the hand-drawn variant. Now, I like to use the software as well, but Phil very much focuses just on using the hand-drawn version. Now, what he shared with us identified a number of things for me. The key thing is he rattled off a whole load of applications that he used mind mapping for. And if you look at it, basically what he was saying is that any time he used or he organized his thoughts on paper, he found that mind mapping was far more beneficial for him. And the reason was that he claimed all the benefits that he got from that was, first of all, it sped up his thinking. He could think much faster doing this. Secondly, it allowed him to remember much, much more of what he was processing. And it allowed him to make decisions far quicker. Now, he said that if he was doing things like a telephone call or a coaching call, uh, or if he was looking to generate a speech or deliver a speech or even conduct an interview, with all those different thought processes, he still used the same tool. And that common tool was, was mind mapping. Now, mind mapping in the hand-drawn variant, and I said the word draw there, often many people see that as a barrier because they believe they can't draw. Now, as you saw from the interview, Phil isn't an artist, and so he just used simple thumbnail sketch type or stick men sketches on his mind map to get the most out of it. And I think the thing that we discussed there was that it wasn't the fact that you could draw. It's the fact that you just thought about what you could draw and then created some of the thumbnail sketches that meant something to you. 
you don't have to be an artist to get the most value out of this. And if you get the opportunity to go and see the first episode of the Mind Mapping Show podcast, you'll see an example of a very, very basic mind map in artistic terms, but actually is extremely, extremely powerful. So if you're ever put off by someone saying, I'll draw a mind map, it's just like writing. Only your writing is put together in a slightly more structured way. There'll be a bit of color and you might do the odd sketch or two. So those little things will really help you get more out of the technique. But understand you don't have to draw to be able to do this properly. But what you'll find as you start using color on the branches and you'll start doing little sketches. And that's really what happened with me because I don't believe I'm a great artist. In fact, I'm not. However, I found myself drawing more on the artistic side as I started using color in the structure. And it made my mind maps far more useful for me. Now, there are a number of other key ideas that Phil shared about how he used mind mapping. Here's the first. Because he is a productivity and focus coach, getting people to do more things far more effectively, he is a specialist using this tool to help people focus on those sort of activities. And so the strategy that he described about planning was to do a two-stage process. So the night before, think about everything that you've got to do. Just use a mind map to capture all those things that you feel you need to get done. And then overnight, let your subconscious chew on those. Then in the morning, using some focusing techniques, identify specifically what it is you're going to do. And then either edit the mind map that you created the night before or create a new mind map with just the key things you're going to focus on doing today. And you'll find that a very good tool to help you become more productive. Now, secondly, Phil is a published author. And you might have aspirations of wanting to write your own book. And mind mapping is a great way of doing that. So his process for that was, again, a multi-stage process. First of all, he used a mind map to capture all his ideas, all his thoughts. Now, there's no editing at this stage. That's really quite important to understand. What you do is just put everything down that you can think of related to the topic you want to write about. And what you'll find is that as you put one idea down, because of the way the mind works, that will trigger something else. And when you put that in, that will trigger something else as well. And I can't stress how important it is not to edit at this stage. So by using the mind map, it will help you stimulate and organize your ideas in a more brain-friendly way. Now, once you've done that, you can then start organizing those ideas and put them into the various chapters and sections. So you might then find yourself creating a new mind map for each of the chapters. And you'll find this will happen as you start to add more detail to those chapters. And then if you want to go down even further, you might have a separate mind map for a particular section within a chapter. It really depends on how much depth you want to go into your topic. And as you start drilling down deeper and deeper, the levels of the detail will get more and more, uh, more and more detailed on the mind map. Now, when you've got all the details planned out and you've worked out where things tie in and fit together, all you've got to do then is, using that structure, is just start writing about each of the key points. Now I've used this to personally write and publish two books using this approach and I found it an invaluable way of doing it. And there are a number of benefits. There's the ease, the speed, the tapping into your creativity and it makes it much more manageable because you're chunking it down and it's such a much better process than just sitting down and looking at a blank screen trying to type out your ideas. You sort of flesh it out or create the skeleton and flesh that out. So overall, that was a really powerful interview with Phil with lots of great ideas. Now, the best thing for you to do is just go out and try at least one of them. Start off with the hand-drawn variant of mind mapping and see where it takes you. Or if you want, just find one of the free software that you'll find mentioned on the Mind Mapping Show blog and try that out.
So I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are many more of those on the blog at www.mindmappingshow.com. Come on over. If you want, ask a question. There's a place where you can do that. See at the other interviews that we've had. There are lots of great articles and videos there as well to help you get the most out of this fabulous technique. And if you'd subscribe to us in iTunes and you're listening to this, please do go give us a five-star rating and tell us what you think because that really, really helps. So we look forward to seeing you in the next edition of The Mind Mapping Show. Thanks for listening to The Mind Mapping Show with Michael Tipper. If you like what you just heard, we hope you will pass on our web address, mindmappingshow.com, where you will find archives of previous podcasts as well as other mind mapping tips, tricks, and techniques, advanced guidance, and downloadable resources. This has been a Virtus Limited production. Join us next time for the next issue of The Mind Mapping Show with Michael Tipper. And be sure to tell your friends.